Welcome to the McGuire Iron Podcast. My name is Brian Cooper. I am the Director of Marketing at McGuire Iron and your host for this podcast. At McGuire Iron, we've been helping to store and protect quality water for over 100 years. On this special episode, we will discuss COVID-19 and how the National Rural Water Association is responding with the CEO of National Rural Water, Sam Wade. To help us understand how the National Rural Water Association is responding to COVID-19, I'm joined by the CEO of National Rural Water, Sam Wade. Sam's background includes over 36 years of management and training experience in the private and public sector. In 1982, he accepted the position of association manager for the Minnesota Rural Water Association and was there until 1985, when he became the training director for the National Rural Water Association. He became the National Rural Water Association Deputy Chief Executive Officer and Chief Operating Officer in 1987. Sam assumed his current position and duties as Chief Executive Officer of the National Rural Water Association in 2014. Sam, thank you for joining me on the McGuire Iron Podcast. My pleasure. You put out a statement yesterday on behalf of the National Rural Water Association on COVID-19. Why did you feel it was important to put this message out? Well, as, as you, you know, our association through its state affiliates represents uh, around 31,000 community water supply systems. And uh, um, while there are large regional and, and uh, uh, water districts that serve a lot of people and have a lot of resources, the majority of community water supplies in our nation are small. And uh, they, our state associations and the assistance they render are sort of backstops, in, especially in emergencies. And I just felt that those uh, utilities need to know that our state associations are going to be in operation and, and ready to respond to any emergency. Quality on tap is rural water's motto. What would you say to the general public who might be asking right now, is my water safe and what steps are being taken to make sure that it stays safe? Sure. Uh, quality on tap, our commitment, our profession is, is, is our motto. Uh, you know, the United States has the best quality of water and in, in, in safest quality of water supply in the world. It's one of only a handful of, of, of nations that when somebody from another country enters, they're, they're warned not to, they're not warned about the drinking water. And you can travel from north to south, east to west, and stop in any community and drink the water and know that it's safe uh, quality water to, to have. Um, so your water, public should know their, their water is safe. And I know there's been a run on bottled water during this uh, epidemic, uh, pandemic, I guess. And uh, I, I certainly understand that, but uh, I'm always reminded of a post I saw on Facebook. If you're paying, I don't know what the exact amount was, a dollar and fifty cent, let's say, for a bottle of Smart Water, it isn't working. And uh, you know, people are going to have financial hardships uh, as a result of this national emergency. And just from a financial perspective, the water coming out of your tap is much more. Less cost than what, what a, a bottle of water is from the store. Also, in your letter, you stated that the National Water Association and its state affiliates have instituted emergency measures. Can you explain what those are and how those are executed? Oh, sure. You know, our organization is known for its on site assistance. That is certainly the most effective uh, types of assistance to provide to communities that cannot individually afford expertise. Uh, so, our whole 
organization uh, is based on helping those systems on site, whether it's at a board meeting or in an emergency case or whatever. But we've instituted emergency measures in cooperation with uh, USDA uh, Rural Utility Services and EPA uh, to allow that assistance to be provided as much as possible remotely. And what that does, it protects that workforce of expertise. Uh, it protects their health, if you will, uh, from contacting the uh, uh, coronavirus and then potentially spreading it around if they did. Uh, and it all, so it maintains their health to respond on site if there is an emergency that takes place. Are those emergency measures the same state by state, or is it up to the state affiliates to determine which emergency measures they institute? Our philosophy is the closer to the, you are to the problem, the better solution you'll find. So those are flexible guidelines. But I think most of our states have in, in, embraced that uh, to protect the health and welfare of, of their staff, if you will, and to be uh, available to respond if, on-site if necessary. What would an example of that look like if I was in, say, Louisiana? If you, uh, you know, you have an operational uh, issue of some sort, uh, uh, you, you know, you can certainly call your state, state rural water association, and that knowledgeable person would be able to answer any questions and possibly, hopefully, work you through any operational uh, issue just uh, by phone or. Uh, Web, webcast or whatever. Uh, let, let's just say uh, you, there's one key uh, operational staff that uh, contracted the uh, virus and uh, is quarantined. And, you know they can, certainly can't get to the to the utility uh, plant or whatever. Then we would dispatch someone knowledgeable at least to uh, uh, hopefully resolve that issue. How else is National Rural Water helping? its state affiliates during this pandemic? Uh, just uh, exchange of information and keeping our state affiliates abreast of uh, issues that, as they take place in one state and sharing that with another state just so people can be more prepared. Many associations uh, have canceled or postponed their annual conferences and trainings that they have upcoming this spring. What is your stance on that, and how will this affect operators, their CEUs, and you know, that they use to stay certified? Yeah, excellent question. I have been involved in talking to some of our state affiliates. I think in the end this will all work out well. Uh, I know in Missouri they're, they're uh, offering uh, certification classes online, and they intend to do the testing online as well. I know in, the, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know, can't remember which state, but they're postponing the uh, renewal date, if you will, until later in the year. Uh, the reality is in, it's in the best interest of everybody to um, not go to sessions of that sort, not be around crowds. And that not only protects the individual, it, but it prevents it, if anybody does have it, it prevents them from uh, transferring that virus to other people. Yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, you guys take a proactive stance of, you know, canceling different association functions to stay below the 10 people or less for social distancing, but you're also coming up with some innovative ways of helping your operators still stay in touch and complete CEUs if necessary. Yes, and I think it's on the mind of, of everybody It certainly has to attend a class or, or renew their license. I, you know, I have faith in, in our systems uh, at, at the state government level that uh, 
people will not be penalized because they can't go to a meeting and those types of things. And uh, also, I think that this, however all this plays out, it will also establish some ways of doing business that may hopefully may be better for the future and provide more flexibility. I like that you're looking at the positive end of this instead of the negative of ways that this may change the way that rural water associations do business, but that could be a good thing. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it, the way some things are did, uh, I don't think anything will change being on site with a water utility. That is certainly the most effective and efficient way of helping that particular smaller utility uh, stay in compliance with the Safe Drinking Water Act, take sustainability efforts, uh, you know, because it's more than one person, it's more than one political thing, it is dealing with the board of directors, it's dealing with the finance, whoever that financial person is, uh, it's dealing with the uh, management of the system and the operations of the system. So uh, while, you know, I, re- I remember back when video training came about, and that was going to change the world, not really. Yeah, something, you some things you anymore. still, some things you still have to do face to face. Yes, it, it'd be very effective, but it may may offer some opportunities to do things more efficiently. I agree. What is the general feeling you're getting from your members and state affiliates currently? Because you said you've been on the phone with lots of people recently. Mm-hmm. I, I think everyone is in a, a planning mode, planning for the worst case scenario. Pray to God that doesn't happen, but. Uh, if we look at Italy and in those areas, uh, you know, that, that it, it's scary. And right now we're concerned about continuity of service, especially in smaller communities. As I said, the larger districts and regional systems have resources, personnel and financial resources. Many of our smaller communities uh, don't. And if, if they're hit by the virus and they, they have to be confined, if you will, then uh, we have to have things in place to respond to that emergency to ensure that the water keeps flowing, the wastewater system keeps running. So uh, our state affiliates are in a a planning mode right now for that worst-case scenario. How are your connections with organizations like the departments like USDA, EPA, and, you know, you have staff in Washington, D.C., helpful to your organization during a pandemic like this? You bet. Well... We're in constant contact with USDA, USDA Rural Utility Services. You know, they fund one of the, they fund the circuit rider program uh, that provides that on-site assistance, uh, both to water and wastewater systems, and they've just been very, very supportive. Their concerns are the same as ours, so it's like a team effort to uh, make sure that uh, the resources are available to ensure that the water keeps flowing and wastewater keeps running. Uh, and it's the same with EPA. Uh, we're having discussions with the Environmental Protection Agency on, on, on uh, for example, uh, you, taking a lead and copper sample, uh, you might get shot if you try to go in someone's house during this in an impacted area. Number one, you can't. So it, it's a lot of discussion back and forth of taking real world, real world concerns into the uh, agency level, if you will. And then also Congress, as you, you everyone probably knows, is considering uh, uh, legislation that, uh, to uh, address this uh, uh, pandemic and, and it, in fact, the uh, drain on the economy and the impact on the economy. So 
our our DC staff uh, are heavily engaged in discussions with uh, congressional leaders. Where do you feel the largest need is for your organization right now as it deals with this pandemic? Preparing for worst case scenario. That's about it. That's where all of our efforts are right now. Our uh, states are finding, uh, which which we encouraged and, and continue to encourage, is find retired people, uh, qualified people, that if necessary, in a worst case scenario, we can call into service, if you will. Uh, and if, again, I, I pray that doesn't happen, but if it does, uh, it's more of a call to national service than anything else. You've touched on it a little bit, but what can state and local rural water systems do to help each other out during this time? Because as you've said a couple of times during this interview, that your membership is mostly in those rural remote areas. Yes. Uh, we've encouraged all systems, but especially smaller systems, reach out to your neighbor. If, if the worst case scenario does happen, there's simply not going to be enough uh, uh, resources to go around as far as you know, human resources. So uh, reach out to your neighbor and create those informal kind of networks. And, and I'm, I, I know that happens anyway, but have a conversation with your neighboring systems if they're 10, 15, 20, 30 miles away. Uh, and, and just agree to help each other out during this emergency. And by doing that, it, you know, everyone's talking about flattening the curve uh, for hospital uh medical reasons, it, it works the same here. If uh, a small utility operator, uh, operation specialist con- contracts the virus and calls his neighbor down the road to come in and help out and they're healthy and so forth, then that lessens the demand on the, the limited staff that our state associations have to step step in. Is there anything the public who are served by these rural water systems should be doing during the virus to help? I, I guess one of the things I'm getting at is not, you know, not flushing unnecessary waste and things into drains and toilets for one thing. Absolutely. And that's a good thing. The other thing that I think the public should take very seriously and what they could do not only to help the water and wastewater industry out, but this whole epidemic is follow the guidelines of the CDC. You know, practice uh, sanitary uh, uh, um, efforts, if you will, and and keep your distance. Uh, there, there are people who think this is just hype, and there are people who predict the doomsday disaster. Uh, I don't think anyone should take a chance with this. If it if it is hype, hey, thanks, great. <laughs> but if it's not, you need everyone needs to be prepared, and that's what we're telling our state associations and. Uh, all the staff that work for us take this very seriously. And the public, by doing that, uh, will lessen the impact, not only on their water and wastewater systems, but on the nation in general. If people want to... And certainly don't flush uh, uh, paper towels and, and stuff down the toilet. That's I'm, I'm sure, you're, I'm sure your problems. wastewater operators will appreciate that. Yes, hopefully, <laughs> If people want to know the latest information uh, that National Rural Water has to offer on this or other subjects, wh- where should people go? Well, I think uh, there's probably two, three places I would recommend. Certainly NRWA.org is everything we're putting out. Uh, your, your individual state association uh, websites. Uh, and, and 
you know, where, where we gather information from is the CDC. Uh, we follow, trying to follow those guidelines and, and promote those guidelines because it's in everyone's best interest. And, you know, a lot of this is, is certainly put on social media. So. Sam, I know you're busy with everything happening at your association and state affiliate levels. I really want to thank you for jumping on today and joining us on the McGuire Iron Podcast to help people understand what National Rural Water and what they're doing to play a part in COVID-19. I appreciate it, Brian, and uh, thank you and thank McGuire Iron for all their, all their support of rural water. Remember, you can always connect with us by going to our website, mcguireiron.com. You can ask questions by sending us an email at info at mcguireiron.com, or you can follow or reach out to us on any of our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us on the McGuire Iron Podcast. <laughs>